0: As a school kid, I have always wondered, why are Daman and Dayu grouped together as a single union territory, in spite of being so far from each other, especially when Daman and the other union territory of Dadra and Nagar Haveli were just 20 kilometers apart? And Dadra and Nagar Haveli had uh, their own one-day Prime Minister in 1961, did you know? Welcome to Masala History by Siva. Before we head in, I want to thank all of you for being such a constant support and motivation for me to continue doing this. I am humbled by all the feedback, comments and the candidate stories. Please keep them coming. We also launched our new homepage www.MasalaHistoryBySiva.in. Please go ahead and bookmark the page, share it with friends and like-minded folks. It is a gateway to all the platforms where you can access our latest content and the archives. And with that, let's dig in. We have been locked up pretty much for over 200 days now. If you ask India, where do you want to go when things return to normal? With certainty, we can assume that more than half of them would say the three-letter perennial party state of India. Goa. In today's episode, we will see how and when Goa became legally recognized part of this country. So let's sit in our time machines and travel to Goa with the destination dial first set to 1510 Common Era. The invention of the caravel shipping boat proved to be an inflection point in seafaring in Europe. Vasco da Gama, the Portuguese explorer, successfully set sail to East Indies and landed in modern-day Kodi Code on 20th May 1498, about 30 years before Babur established the Mughal Sultanate in India and a full 100 years before the British set foot in Indian soil. Vasco da Gama himself made two more trips after that to India – the last one as Viceroy of Portuguese India. By the time Vasco da Gama made his last trip, the Portuguese had moved their capital from modern-day Kochi to Goa in the year 1510. In the next couple of decades, they had fortifications in several Indian cities on the Malabar coast. Cochin, Kannur, Quilon, Goa, Surat, Daman, Dayu, Mangalore and the city of Good Bay called Bombahia or the modern-day Mumbai. While several of these cities were either lost in wars with Indian kings or gifted to the British, the Portuguese continued to hold Dayu, Daman, Dadra, Nagar, Havili and Goa and maintain suzerainty over these colonies for 450 years. Collectively, these enclaves came to be referred as Estado da India or Portuguese India. Fast forward to 15th august 1947, India gained independence from the British and became a free nation. The country had several provinces administered directly by the British and over 560 princely states. By 1950, India became a republic and all the princely states had completely acceded to the Indian Union. Now, it was the turn of the non-British colonies in the Indian subcontinent to fall in line. Even as early as 1928, the Goa Congress Committee was formed and about 10 years later, under the encouragement of Subhash Chandra Bose, they had become an affiliate of the Indian National Congress. They often organized protests demanding denationalization of Goa and the voices that demanded Goa's freedom grew stronger especially after 1946. In the early 1950, the Indian government initiated dialogues with Lisbon to explore how Goa could be integrated into India. The dictator of Portugal, Salazar, flatly refused to entertain this topic, claiming that Estado da India was in fact not a colony, but part of metropolitan Portugal. Also, the annexation of those provinces happened much before a country called India came into existence, so there was no question of transferring Portuguese land into India. Repeated diplomatic attempts ended in failure. In protest, India shut down its diplomatic mission in Portugal in 1953 and later its consul office in Goa. Further, in early 1954, India imposed visa restrictions for travel to and from Goa, thereby crippling the land transportation from Goa to other exclaves of Portuguese India. Dadra and Nagara, the district of Portuguese India, was completely landlocked and surrounded by India on all sides. Any Portuguese movement from the coastal Daman had to cross 20 kilometers into Indian territory. Utilizing this to their advantage, in late July 1954, a bunch of liberation fighters stormed into the Dadra police station and took control of the area, hoisting the Indian flag. Portuguese reinforcements were unable to reach Dadra as the Indian government refused entry via Indian territory. On 11 August 1954, the Free Dadra Nagar Haveli State was established. It declared itself independent and was managed by pro-India forces with administrative support from the Indian Union. Portugal, of course, protested this and went to the international court of justice and United Nations. Almost six years later, in 1960, the International Court of Justice declared that while Dadra Nagar Haveli was definitely part of Portuguese India, the Indian Republic was well within its rights to prevent movement of Portuguese troops within their sovereign territory. Armed with this support, the Nehru government mounted pressure on Portugal to discuss Goa, Daman and Diu. Meanwhile, post the Dadra and Nagar Haveli incident, Portugal started adding troops to its Goan district to defend from a potential Indian invasion. After multiple diplomatic failures, Operation Vijay, the code name for the annexation of Goa, was launched by Lieutenant General Chaudhry of the Indian Army Southern Command on 17th December 1961. If you remember, Lieutenant General Chaudhry was a leader of the army that stormed and took over Hyderabad as part of Operation Polo in 1948. Anyway, Operation Vijay was a full-fledged invasion with the Indian Army bringing together its ground forces, navy, and air force simultaneously attacking Goa, Daman, and Dayu. The Portuguese dictator Prime Minister Salazar was defiant, knowing very well that there was no hope. He issued orders to his governor-general that there will be no reinforcement troops, no evacuation and the Portuguese Indian army had to fight till the last man. Our soldiers and sailors can either be victorious or dead, he thundered. Manuel Vassalo de Silva, the 128th and the last governor-general of Portuguese India, was a practical man. He defied the order of his dictator and surrendered on 19th December 1961. Operation Vijay had lasted just three days and had 50 casualties and 5,000 prisoners of war. The Govan surrender saved thousands of lives. Governor-General Manuel Vassalo de Silva was, however, court-martialed and exiled upon his return to Portugal. While the invasion was taking place, Portugal took the case to United Nations. And on 18th December 1961, the United States' leadership under John F. Kennedy demanded to end the hostilities by India. Soviet Union and Sri Lanka supported the Indian action and in fact the future USSR leader now was in India when the Operation Vijay was going on. However by the time UN could actually do anything the Govan Governor-General Manuel Vassalo de Silva had signed the instrument of accession with India and completely surrendered and Portugal had lost. Portugal and several global organizations refused to recognize the Govan accession. In late 1974, the Carnation Revolution threw out the dictatorship of Novo regime and established a democratic Portugal. Governor General Manuel Vassalo de Silva's honor was also restored and he finally returned to Portugal. On 31st December 1974, Lisbon and New Delhi signed an understanding on the accession of Goa to the Indian Union with retrospective effect from 19 December 1961. Stay back with me for some more Masala Bites around this story. When the Goa invasion was being planned, it was important for the Free Dadra Nagaraveli to accede to India on its own will. To legalize it, an IAS officer from India, K.G. Badlani, became the Prime Minister of Free Dadra Nagar Haveli State for a single day and signed the instrument of accession declaring the merger of the district with the Indian Union. Hence, Dadra Nagar Haveli was bought in as a separate Union territory based on the 10th Amendment to the Indian Constitution. post Goa annexation, the territories of Goa, Daman and Dayu were also recognized as separate Union territories of the Indian Union. India's case against the Portuguese India was built around the illegality of the colonial acquisitions. This argument was correct according to the legal norms of the 20th century, but did not hold to the standards of the 16th century international law. Under the Just Kogent's International Rules, forceful annexations like the annexation of Goa by India are held illegal as they have taken place after the UN Charter came into force. Even a later treaty cannot justify it. So, many leaders and countries condemned the annexation of Goa. JFK is quoted to have said, open quote, you spent the last 15 years preaching morality to us and then you go ahead and act the way any normal country would behave. People are saying that the preacher has been caught coming out of the brothel, end quote. India's own First Governor General, uh, C. Rajagopalachari said, India has totally lost the moral power to raise her voice against the use of a military power. Regardless, there are millions of Indians today who are very thankful that Goa is an integral part of India and they'll all be looking forward to a quick escape to the party state pretty soon. That's all for today folks. Thanks for listening. Please share your feedbacks and comments as always and I will see you soon with yet another Masala History. Take care. Bye-bye. (laughs) On Ram Ani Ausang Tatuka On Ram mama Ani santa Tatuka Ani mazori Capila, Lagis Tve Du Ani mazori Capila, Lagis Tve Du Mama